Hey Church of the Beloved, thanks for tuning in to our weekly sermon podcast. My name is Kevin Zoe and I'm the production manager here at COTV. Today's message is brought to us by Pastor Joyce Kudarunpo, who currently helps lead a house church and most recently served as the pastor of discipleship and connections at Wellspring Alliance Church. She's preaching from Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. Good morning, Church of the Beloved. I love the name of your church. Um, It reminds us that we are indeed God's beloved, fully loved, fully known, fully accepted by our living Lord. Um, It's so good to be here with you guys. I want to thank Abe Lee. I know he's not here, but we had a great conversation on the phone for inviting me, and you all have been so warm this morning and welcoming me and my whole family. So thank you, thank you for having us. Um, Let's begin by watching a short video clip. Um, It's um, about what happens when a violinist busks um, in a subway in D.C. during rush hour. So if it's queued up. All right, so the violinist is actually dressed incognito. He's in a baseball cap and jeans. Um, Only a handful of people actually stop and give him money in his case. Um, And only a few people really stop to listen because most are too busy. They have places to go, things to do, except one person who stood right in front of him and listened intently all the way to the end. She alone really appreciated this amazing gift um, of music that she was receiving. She alone recognized who he was. And that was Joshua Bell. He's a renowned, world-class violinist. Um, When Jesus walked the earth, many people passed him by all the time without recognizing his beauty and worth. Isaiah 53, 2 says, that he had no beauty or majesty that should attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. How do we come to Jesus right now? Do we pass him by because we are too busy and distracted by other things? The state of our hearts are directly linked to whether we recognize Jesus in our midst and how attuned we are to him. 
There was a person in scripture who truly saw and treasured Jesus for who he was. And her name is Mary of Bethany. This morning, the title of my sermon is Martha and Mary, A Tale of Two Sisters. Um, and I love this pair of sisters because they kind of remind me of me and my sister. Um, how many of you guys have siblings? How many of you are very different from your siblings? Yes, yes. Well, Mary and Martha could not have been more different, but Jesus loves them both and also their brother Lazarus. It doesn't say when they first met Jesus, but the first time we encounter them in scripture is when Martha opens her home and invites Jesus and his disciples to have dinner. Um, and I'm going to read the scripture passage again from Luke 10, 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, Jesus answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. First, I want to say that Martha tends to get a bad rap. There is much to be admired about her. She is a go-getter, and um, she's the one who invites Jesus and the disciples to her home. She probably runs their household, um, runs the social calendar. She gets things done. She has great intentions. She starts off well. She wants to bless and serve Jesus in the way that she knows how. And in those times, women were supposed to prepare and serve the food. And Martha was serving Jesus within that cultural framework. Confession. I am totally a Martha. And the cultural messages that I received growing up as a first um, the firstborn of Chinese immigrant parents was that I was to work hard, be obedient, serve, don't question, um, pursue a job in a financially secure profession, volunteer at church, etc. Um, and that carried over into my relationship with Jesus. It was about obeying and serving Jesus. What I didn't learn was how to enjoy Jesus, how to receive his grace. Um, and obedience and service can only take you so far before you get burnt out, right? Um, and then it's only a matter of time before you start feeling resentful um, of other people who aren't helping as much or serving as hard or um, helping you. And so I've found my place in the same, um, I found myself in the same place as Martha. Verse 40 says, Martha got distracted. She got distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. And my first point is, be careful not to get distracted. Distraction means um, that our eyes are no longer focused on the main things. We've taken our eyes off the road, and um, our attention, our thoughts are elsewhere. Um, Jesus sees into Martha's heart and says she's worried and upset about many things. She's distracted. What's the source of her anxiety. What's the source of your anxiety? 
That's a good question to ask because sometimes we aren't aware of what the root of our feelings are. I bet Martha is super gifted at hospitality. Um, when we're good at something, we can easily begin to find our worth in those things, right? Um, I may be reaching a little bit here, but I wonder if Martha is seeking the approval of others by her service. The perfectly baked fish and bread make her look good to the guests. Maybe that's why Martha gets distracted or worried when things aren't getting done perfectly or getting done in time in the kitchen. It reflects poorly on her own skills of hospitality or a hostess. Her focus has turned away from blessing Jesus and others and turned inward to herself and um, her own image, her own re reputation. So as she falls behind in the kitchen, she gets increasingly frustrated that Mary isn't helping her because guess what? Martha's self-worth is on the line. She feels like Mary is jeopardizing um, her own, you know, Martha's reputation. Um, Martha has prioritized her to-do list over people. So she gets mad that Martha, Mary has abandoned her. And she's so, so mad that she doesn't appreciate what Mary is doing. She doesn't see Mary's beautiful heart of devotion to Jesus. Exacerbated, Martha asked Jesus in verse 40, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Can't we all relate to this a little bit? When we feel overwhelmed, we feel a sense of self-righteousness and we judge others. This happens again when our focus turns inward. We feel sorry for ourselves and we feel like people don't care. And maybe we even begin to question, does God care? Have you ever asked Jesus that question? Lord, don't you care? It doesn't matter how big or small the problem is. The feeling that no one cares is real. <laughs> but I want to tell you that it's a lie and don't believe it. God does care. And Jesus here cares, cares about Mary's and Martha's heart. Um, he cares more about Martha's heart than whether the fish is baked perfectly, right? Um, so he says, Martha, Martha. And I believe Jesus says her name with such tenderness and in a loving way, um, he's not rebuking her harshly, but lovingly calling her to discipleship. He invites Martha to pay attention to the state of her heart. He identifies her loss of inner peace. You are worried and upset about many things. And lastly, he invites Martha to see her sister in a new light. He's essentially asking Martha to attune her heart to his and see others through his eyes. Now, Jesus isn't asking Martha to change her personality or to stop serving him with the amazing gifts God has given her, but he wants to free Martha from having to conform to the world's expectation of her and from seeking her value and fulfilling those things. Martha wants order in her external world, order in the kitchen, and she thinks that will fix her problem. But Jesus knows that that's not her real problem. Her real problem's inside herself. Jesus begins to order her interior world through revealing and realigning her heart to his. Martha thinks she's the host, but Jesus serves Martha 
by offering her what she truly needs. And that's a savior who can meet her deepest needs and where she can find her worth and her relationship with him. We live in a culture that is so driven to accomplish things. It's so fast paced, right? And um, we've internalized those values. So much so that we don't slow down enough to even know what we're feeling. Maybe we're in denial and like Martha, we are worried and upset about many things. And maybe like Martha, we don't know the root of our feelings. And as a consequence, we live in a state of anxiety and we neglect or worse, mistreat those who are closest to us. We are all Marthas. Martha, Martha, Jesus wants to free you from the constant never doing and being enough um, anxiety. Um, Jesus' love and approval of you is not based on what you can do for him. He never wants to just use you for ministry because he fully loves you and he fully approves of you um, no matter if you don't do anything for him, right? Um, he, he's died for you before you could do anything for him. You are his beloved. Um, Martha, Martha, be still and know that he is God. In that way, you can let go of control. You can let go of the the desire to impress people or to have to do things perfectly. Martha, Martha, um, receive God's freely given grace to you and let his love fill your heart with peace. Then allow your service to flow from that place of already being fully known and fully loved by him. My first point was be careful not to be distracted. My second point is be devoted. Jesus points out that Mary has chosen what is better. Mary's fully devoted to Jesus. Martha and perhaps others see Mary's actions as needing correction. Her actions would have been shocking to the first century Jews. She's doing three taboo things as a woman in that time. One, um, she's, en she's engaging in biblical learning. Two, she's in close proximity to a rabbi. And three, she's sitting among a group of men. That was radical. Um, she's breaking all the cultural gender norms. And guess what? Jesus welcomes that. He welcomes her as a female disciple. And not only that, but he praises her for doing the one thing that is needed. What is the one thing that Jesus is referring to? Mary sits at his feet to listen to his words. If you've ever sat or kneeled down at someone's feet, you know that it's a posture of humility. And humility and teachability go hand in hand. Mary is captivated by Jesus. She soaks in his every word and something in her comes to life. And she doesn't care what other people are thinking about what she's doing. There is like a beautiful unselfconsciousness to, um, to Mary. Unlike Martha, she's not looking for others' approvals because she's so focused just on Jesus and on treasuring him. Further, I believe that Mary experiences peace. Um, she doesn't need to defend herself. She doesn't even say anything. She lets Jesus do the talking for her to defend her. Um, and again, I believe that's because she's treasuring Jesus above all. David, who is described as being a man after God's own heart, writes in Psalm 27, 
One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon his beauty and to seek him in his temple. David wants to gaze upon the Lord's beauty and to be near God in his temple. Mary, here sitting at Jesus' feet, is getting as close as she can to Jesus. She wants to be near him. She also recognizes how worthy he is. Our Lord is beautiful. He's worthy of all of our attention, and he alone has the words of life. Indeed, he is life itself. There's no better place than to be near Jesus. Jesus delights in Mary's humble heart, and he welcomes all of us who draw near to him. Psalm 149.4 says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Regardless of how long you've been a Christian, do you come expecting to receive the words of life from Jesus? Do you treasure him above all else? And when you do come in that way, you will be filled with his love and joy and peace so that you do not You have that freedom to experience him without having to prove yourself. Mary has the heart of an ideal disciple. By submitting to Jesus and learning from him, she's actually quietly subversive. Jesus doesn't care about cultural expectations. In fact, he defies them. He's most interested in shepherding our hearts. And in this short conversation, we see how Jesus is gently discipling Martha's heart He's affirming Mary's um, heart of devotion, and he's showing the male disciples what really matters. So my first point was don't get distracted. Secondly, be devoted. And my third and last point is discover what Jesus wants to say to you. Discover what Jesus wants to say to you. We have a God who wants to communicate to us. Isn't that amazing? And I believe that he loves us so much that he tailors, he personalizes his message to us. So what he says to Martha is different than what he says to Mary. Um, He doesn't just copy and paste um, the same message to all of us. Um, The God that went to the extent of sending his one and only son um, to earth, the word, you know, the word is communicating, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then Jesus, of course, went to the cross and endured um, such a painful death um, so that we could come back in relationship with God again. And um, then after he goes to heaven, they send the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And that Holy Spirit living inside of us um, is teaching us in all things. I believe that God is always communicating to us in all kinds of ways, through the word of God, um, but also um, through the promptings of our heart, through our experiences. Sometimes it could be dramatic, or sometimes it can be like a whisper. Um, It can be through others and the body of Christ guiding us. Um, So many different ways if we are just still enough to listen. Um, So I want to make some time right now Um, to listen. What might God be saying to us right now? Um, 
And one of the beautiful things about the Word of God is that we can read the same passage, um, but the thing that God wants to say to you may be different than what he's saying to the person sitting next to you. Um, So attune your spirit to what Jesus might be inviting to you through this passage. First, as you come to Jesus, what is the current state of your heart? What is the current state of your heart? Second, if you are worried and anxious, what is the root of that distraction? Ask God to reveal it to you. He longs to set you free from those things that enslave us and steal our joy and peace. What is the root of the distractions we face? And third, as you listen to Jesus, what is his invitation for you? Maybe his invitation is as simple as come as you are and he will give you rest for your souls. Maybe it's to see others in a new light. There is beauty And the image of God is in every single person, even the person that kind of annoys you. Maybe Jesus is inviting you to let go of finding your worth in your work or service. Maybe Jesus is challenging you to trust him more, to let go of control, or to have to perform everything perfectly. Maybe he's asking you to stop fighting with your sister or brother and to see the way that God sees him or her. Jesus is lovingly saying your name. Martha, Martha, if you just come to me, you will experience love and peace that fulfills you. Then you won't keep chasing after those things that will ultimately hurt and disappoint you. Or maybe Jesus is inviting you to value the things that he values. The kingdom that Jesus ushers in is different from the kingdom of the world. The world values the powerful, the educated, the gifted, and accomplished. And back in Jesus' time, the world valued men over women as disciples. It valued the firstborn over the younger children. But here, Jesus holds up Mary who's probably the youngest female there, who's at the bottom of the social hierarchy as a model disciple in front of everyone. Jesus doesn't care about the social or or power hierarchies. Jesus is simply looking for those who humbly come to receive from him. The woman who stopped right in front of Joshua Bell and listened to him play the violin in the subway received the unexpected gift of beautiful music. Um, And similarly, God wants to give us this free and most beautiful gift of abundant life right here and right now, full of joy and peace and love that comes from a close relationship with him. Let's pray. Thanks for tuning in to this week's COTV Sermon Podcast. For more info or to connect with us, you can visit us online at cotv.life. God bless and have a great week.